Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Praise God, man, I love that song. I was Come on, just someone about say, I'm going to build my that. life in Jesus. That is like I one of my that. favorite songs. I love Holy right next to Freedom House original worship no songs. Like Amen. All right, there come on, somebody. No That's right. I want to sing it again. Oh, she wants to sing it again. Go I ahead and take it away. Sing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Reprise. Oh, oh. No? All right, just kidding. <laughs> How many ready for the word? Y'all ready for the word? Okay, well, hey, I'll before... make this a worship night. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go ahead. I'll be up in the back praying. So, get through the book of I want to say this. Actually, I forgot to mention, if it's your first time with us, we love new guests. More importantly, we love to get to know our new guests. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write the word first time uh, in the comment section there. We call our, our, our comment section the virtual lobby. Just write the word first time, and all of our, our church fam is going to welcome you. We're not going to bug you, do anything weird. Just welcome you into our church family. So write first time. Tell us where you're logging in from. And uh, shout out to everybody who's having a watch party, even on a Wednesday night. You can do that too, I guess. Yes. And I uh, saw a few people on there in the comment section. Uh, Virgie Prieto, they had a watch party. The Corretos yes. had a watch party. Awesome. And uh, so we love when our church family gets together. I think it's very important. I know right now during the cu- current climate with the pandemic, we want to be safe, but it's also important that you stay connected in community with your spiritual family. And uh, we can be able to, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. And so, so, so valuable. So but tonight we are going to jump into the book of Ephesians, so chapter number three. three. We made it to chapter three, y'all. We Come made on, it somebody. to three. So go ahead and grab your Bibles, um, get your teenager kids in here, and let's get into the Word of God together. We're going to talk about some really fun stuff tonight, or I think things are going to bless you because God's Word uh, breathes the breath of life. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration, theos pus nuestos, which means the breath of God, inspiration, the breath of God, and it's a profitable for us. In other words, it builds us up, and so we're going to talk about that tonight. So Ephesians chapter three, let's have a seat, honey, and let's jump into the word here. And uh, Ephesians chapter number three, we're going to begin in verse number one, verse numero uno. And so I could see right here, we got our our TV screen right over here. We're going to communicate with you guys. And again, that's something that's real unique, uh, you know, for our live services is we want to be live with you, talk with you, hang out with you. Uh, We miss you. And I just was telling my wife over here in the back before we came up, you know, on stage here. And I was like, man, I miss church services. Yes. Like, Jose, do you miss them. church services? Come on, don't you miss the whole fam together, Trev? Jose. Come on now, get, get them over here. Get, get them, tell them over here. Show me your I miss church service face. Put, come on, get them. Show me your I miss church service face. Let's <laughs> see. Great. Look at I that. Come on, get them, get them, get them. That, that is a miss church service. Come on, hold on. I don't see it. Uh-oh. There it is. Come on, show me the miss church. There he misses church. Come on now. Uh-oh. Let me see your miss church service face, Jose. Come on, show it to me. Look at Oh, man, he's sad right over here. Trev, he show me your miss church. Come on. Oh, yeah, he's sad. Come on now. And uh, over here, he brought his 49er hat because he's praying for the 49ers tonight. Come on, somebody. Amen. Do they, come need, on more, now. Do they yeah. need a lot of prayer? Well, we just want the season to come back. That's what we're praying for. Anyway, all right. Let's jump into Ephesians chapter number three. Um, We're going to read verse one through verse number 10. And actually tonight, honey, I'm going to have you read verse eight, then go through verse 10. Then we're going to jump back to the top and read verse one through verse seven. If that confused you, I'll stay with you. So we're going to read eight through 10. Because I want to get that thought process. Then I'm going to come back back to Ephesians one and we're going to read that. So why don't you read verse, go to Ephesians chapter three verse number 8 through 10. Then we're going to jump to the front and read verses 1 
through verse number seven, okay? Okay. Ready, set, go. Okay. Verse eight through 10. Yeah. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Through the church. Someone say, through the church. Through the church. The manifold wisdom of God would be made known. We're going to talk about that now. Go back to verse one. And I want you to read verse one through seven. So Paul basically, everything he's about to say, he's building up how that wisdom and revelation is going to come through the church. But go back to verse number one. Let's read verse one through seven. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my, my, my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a sermon ser, sermon <laughs> that yep. too. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of, of his, his power, power. Mm -hmm. through the working of his power. If I was going to entitle this message, no, it's a Bible study, so it's kind of not really more like a sermon type of uh, preach type. I'm, I take the posture of a teacher and we just sit and having a conversation. But if I was going to title this, I would, I would title it Through Me. Mm. Through Me. Someone say Through Me. Through Me. God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. And I'm going to talk about this tonight, and uh, we're going to jump to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's pray. Hold my hand, honey. And Father in heaven, I just pray tonight, bless the reading of your word. Thank you that your scripture breathes life into us tonight. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us a humility to, co to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, fill every home and every heart who is watching this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen, amen. and amen. Let's talk about Ephesians 3. Before I do... Don't forget to press the share button. If you're watching on Facebook, press the share button because you never know, somebody can come to Christ tonight because we're going to talk about the, so how God can use you. And uh, so press the share button on YouTube. Grab the link, text it to somebody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And let's, let's just, let's blast it out there all I over agree, the place. I just saw someone write in the comments right here, Patty M, pray for me. I have panic attacks. I just want to pray for you right now, Patty. Come on, pray for Patty. In the name of Jesus yes, and Lord. anybody else who might be experiencing anxiety yes. or panic attacks right now, I just want to speak tonight. I feel led by the Spirit to do that. Mm. In the name of Jesus, if yes, you pray Lord. that, I want you to lift your hands right where you're at right now, this moment. In the name of Jesus, panic attacks, Thank you, Jesus. go. Go. Go in Jesus' name. You have mm. no place. You have no authority. Thank you, Lord. You must submit to the power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I command you to go. I command you to loosen your grip mm. from every man, woman, and child that you have hold of. You let go. Let God's people go. Yes, Lord. May she rest. May she be at peace. May she experience the transcending peace of, uh, that transcends all understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, name. we take authority over that. Amen.
Come amen. on. Amen. Thought, and amen. That's that great. Right Come on. Receive that in Jesus' name. Well, let's jump into this scripture here. The book of Ephesians. The Bible talks here. Paul begins this, this third chapter with really talking about where he is and what God is doing through him. But I really want you to get the mindset of what God wants to do through you. Or someone say, through me. Because, you know, we always say, God, use somebody else. Come on. You know what I mean? God, <laughs> use me. All right? right? And Paul starts in verse 1 by saying this. He says, I became a servant uh, in verse number, I'm sorry, in verse number one, he says, for this reason, he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. I want you to notice that Paul, when he's writing this letter, watch me now, he is actually in prison. So Paul is writing the book of Ephesus from a prison cell. Now, Paul wasn't in prison because he did something illegal. They wrongly imprisoned him for preaching the gospel. So they put him in chains. And what would take place in these types of prisons, they weren't like today, they weren't like today types of prisons. Oh, they no. don't get three square meals oh, and, no. and sanitation. A lot of these prisons were actually by the sewage. So it was very uh, horrendous that the very smell of the prison right was horrid enough to, to literally put you in, in, in a very difficult, very, very, very hurtful right. place. And so uh, they would starve you. It, it was terrible. But Paul had a revelation in, in this and begins this letter by saying, I'm a prisoner of Christ. And I want you to notice Paul's perspective is that Paul wasn't being a victim in the sense of, you know, I'm a prisoner of the Roman Empire or I was wrongly in prison. But his perspective is wherever I am, I'm there because Christ has a purpose for me. So good. And so, so he says, Paul, he says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus. I am not a prisoner of my situation. I'm not a prisoner of any, anybody else's you know, effect on my life. I'm a prisoner of Jesus. The only thing that has captured me wow. is the calling of Jesus Christ on my life. The only thing that's captivated me is keeping me in, in, in chains, so to speak, is what Jesus is doing in my life. But then Paul says this, and here's where we're gonna jump into this thing. Okay, Paul says in verse one, go back to him if you could put that up for me. Verse one, he says, for prisoner of Christ, he says, for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul says, I'm in prison for your sake. What I'm going through is to help you. God is using my life to do something for someone else. Here's the point, and I want to hear from you. Could it be that God places you in a prison situation for somebody else? Could it be that just like Paul, God has put us, some of you feel like you're in prison. You're on lockdown. You feel like your nails are in prison because the nail is not shop is not open. Okay, some of you feel like we, we are in prison. But could it be that maybe God has allowed us to feel a quote-unquote imprisonment for someone else? Paul says, he says, I'm here because of you. In other words, God is using my situation to be able to bless somebody else. And could it be that some of the things we go through, God is actually using? And I think it actually is true. What do you think about that, honey? You know, I, I, I love what you're saying right now because first, I love how you said Paul's perspective, yeah. how we need to, sometimes we need mm -hmm. a different perspective and how God can shift our perspective. Another thing that was on my mind is don't pray for God to deliver you through something mm. that he's trying to build you through. And what God wants to build us through, we yeah. have to go through those uncomfortable moments. We have to go through those uh, what sometimes feel chaotic moments or all hell's breaking loose type of moments or, you know, uh, uh, what mm -hmm. they say, when it rains, it pours type yeah. of moments because God might be building you through those times. Yep. Not all trials uh, and, and, and things, you know, not all hard, hard moments are from the devil because those hard moments are what builds you. When we first got married, 
Our, yeah. our first year wasn't, wasn't hard. It was our second year. And I couldn't, I can't pray away my marriage. I can't pray away uh, uh, the problem of, of my husband or what I thought. Actually, I think I was the problem a little bit more. <laughs> but I couldn't pray. I will more. neither confirm nor deny that because I've been married for 16 years. Come on, man. <laughs> but I invested yeah. and I prayed and I sought the Lord for help to change me, mm. to give me a new perspective of my husband, of myself, hey. so that I can be built, so I can build a stronger marriage through that time, not a weaker one. And, you know, imagine if we would have given up. Right. Imagine who gonna, you know what, every time I would have tried to restart a relationship, I'd be back in that square one. Right. I'd be back there because we have to get through that time of hardship so that we can get maturity and perspective on the other side yeah. of that. So write this down, you're taking notes. My prison has a purpose. My prison has a purpose. My prison has a purpose. Sometimes God has to arrest you. He has to, and metaphorically, don't just let me use this a little loosely here. He has to imprison you so he can begin to work on you. He has to grab a hold of your life. And if you don't know the way God works, and, and I, I like how you said you can't pray away some of the things God is using to build you, is he uses this to develop and produce out of your life the greatest version of what God sees inside of you. We all know this saying is, uh, you know, growth cannot happen in your comfort zone. We all know that. We all quote it. Growth cannot happen in your comfort zone. In other words, growth only happens in your discomfort. So kind of like working out this last, this week, I came back to the gym. Your boy needs to lose some weight. Pray. Okay. The quarantine got me. The cookies and, got and me. Girl, okay, right. So anyway, I, I went back to the gym, but you know, the saying is no pain, no gain, right? I can't go to the gym and say, I don't want to feel any, I don't want to sweat. I don't want to feel no pain. I just want to, it's not, you're not going to, you're not going to build anything. So my discomfort brings me growth. Well, there are certain discomforts you cannot bring to your life in order for growth to come out. So God has to create a, 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 a environment, a discomfort, a, a discomfort environment that will cause you to grow and to shift. And so Paul has this revelation. I just want you to get this as we're diving into the scripture is that when you get a perspective that where I am, my environment does not have to be my mindset. God can use it to greater it. And Paul says, the sake is for you Gentiles. Go to verse number two. Then Paul puts it like this. He says this. He goes, number 14, if you can follow with me here. Verse two, and I'll go to my, my text here. It says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given. Then he says this, to me, for who? For you. Notice again, through you. Paul says, I have, God gave me a grace for you. Write this down. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is never. If I all say a little stronger, your gift is never for you. Your gift is always for somebody else. My gift is not for me. My, my gift is, is not to make me feel better. My gift is not to make me feel significant. My significance is in Christ. My gift is for you. For example, my gift of teaching. This is my gift is to teach God's word, is to dissect the scriptures, is to communicate. This is my gift, but my gift is not for me. My gift is for somebody else. And, and, and you, when you begin to realize that, that's when purpose steps in. Right. The Bible tells us that we're to produce fruit, right? And if you look at a tree, a apple tree never eats its own fruit. Okay. So the apples of an apple tree are not for the apple tree, they're for somebody else. You got to begin to look at your life like an apple tree, is that the apples that I produce are not for me. I produce apples so that somebody else can 
can feast upon the goodness of God, can begin to grow into the things of God. This is why it's important that we produce the fruit of the Spirit. This is important why, we use, why it's important that we use the gifts of the Spirit. Because when you operate in your gifts, it blesses somebody else. Now, we don't like to think this way, but I'm going to put it on you because it's biblical. But there are certain things God will not do on earth unless you allow him to work through your life. I'll say it one more time. He will not let he will not do on earth unless, unless you let him use your life. Because God has in his in his infinite wisdom has chosen to partner with humanity to establish his purposes. And he's given you a free will. So today God wants us to develop these gifts to help somebody else. Honey, uh, um, how important do you think it is that we don't let anything hinder our gift to bless somebody else? Well, like you said, our fruit that we produce isn't for ourselves, it's for other people. Mm -hmm. And having that empathy and thinking about others, uh, as the scripture says, prefer your brother over yourself. And yeah. that's, why, that's why suicide is, is such a, a mm -hmm. demonic thing because you're trying to kill and, and stop the, thing, the very purpose that God wants to bring out of your life. You're stopping, you're, you're, you're cutting the tree before it's yep. time. And that's why the enemy loves to mess with our minds and likes to uh, try and discourage us and get us stressed out and overwhelmed yep. to think that, oh, I'm not producing good fruit. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, doing anything right and things like that. And that's why those mind battles are just continuous. He says the same thing, but a hundred different ways, you know, but... Um, but God wants to use your life and the fruit that comes out of your life, we want to produce that for other people. So I can't cut it short because listen, yeah. now I have four children. Now I have a husband in my life and it is worth the process of being the best version of myself, not just for me, because I mean, it, being in the will of God just gives you peace. I will say that being in the will of God gives, gives you peace and gives you the authority yeah. to be able to pursue greater things and step into things with more Godfidence. But who benefits the most from me working on me? Who benefits the most? The people that God has placed in your life to speak into. And who are the people? The people that are closest to you. When the overflow happens in your life, who is it pouring out of? And that's what God wants you to focus on. Don't always focus on the negative. Don't always focus on what you didn't do right. Don't always focus on how you didn't make the mark in this area or that area. Just continue to plow. Continue, continue, continue to stay faithful in the things of God. Pursue righteousness. Pursue the kingdom. And let the Lord use whatever fruit comes from that. You know, there was a time when I was 17 years old and I didn't know what God wanted to do in my life. I wasn't sure. I, I just lifted my hands and I said, God, whatever you want to do in my life, you can do. Yeah. And I believe that God used me not because of my last name, not because of any other accolade or success in my life, but he used me, you know why? Because I made myself available to God. And it's just that simple, making yourself available to God to use you. And then you will see your purpose unfold and be defined every single day, every single decision as you walk in the Holy Spirit. And that's how it happened for me. So good. And I, I, I want to just emphasize here God's grace that was given to me. The word grace there, he's not talking about the forgiveness grace. The word grace there in the Greek, if you want to write this down, is the Greek word charis, which actually means empowerment. He says, God gave me an empowerment for you. There are things God gives God has given you. And also, let's just go two words. He says the administration, or he's talking about the, the way God has allowed, administered and chosen to distribute these gifts. And I think when it comes down to using our gifts for God's glory for other people, for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of other people, it's this, it's this question, and that is, who does my gift belong to? Who owns my gift? Who, who owns my gift? Because the world, listen to me now, and some of you, you're very gifted, so I'm going to talk to you straight. 
You're very gifted. You're, you, 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 you can do things faster than some, takes somebody else. Now, I'm not saying that you're better. Just the Bible tells us that God he distributes gifts. You're a very gifted person. And it's, it's valuable to understand that your gift was not meant to only build your kingdom. I'm going to step on toes right now, but I got to teach you the word. Kick your foot there. Your gift is not meant just to build your kingdom and your little kingdom within God's kingdom. We can actually misappropriate the gifts God gave us. Stay with me here. God gave you the gift. So God is not impressed with how you use his gift. He's... In other words, let me say that better. He's not impressed by what you build with his gift for yourself because he gave it to you. So God is impressed by how you administer the gift he gave you to do something that does not benefit you. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost now. This is the difference between kingdom and your kingdom. Now, God allows you to, to, now again, God will let you build your house, but what takes priority? And here's what happens to a lot of successful people. And I'm talking to some of you, you're successful. And, and, and here's what happens is you put so much emphasis on building your kingdom that God's kingdom is over here. And God says, no, no, no. I gave you the gift. My kingdom is above your kingdom. And here's the beauty, honey is that the world tells you build, you get yours. But when you put God's kingdom above your kingdom and actually you align what you build with God's kingdom, then you're up under the covering of the capital K kingdom and whatever is in your house begins to multiply because now there is a purpose to the gift that God gave you. And, and, so, and so this is so important for, especially again, like I said, success because there's a lot of people that they'll give their gift to a company, but not the kingdom. <laughs> we sell out. We sell out. And I'll tell you right now, the devil will pay you real good for, you, for your gift. I'm going to let that just settle. He'll pay you real good for your gift. He'll, and, the, and the world, they, all, they only want your gift. You need to know that. Because the moment you don't produce, they'll, they'll let you go. Okay. The moment you stop producing, the moment you can't bring your gift to the table, they will cut you. Okay, And that's why you got to be very careful when you try to build your life to a company with only your gift and not give your gift to the kingdom. When you say, God, you gave me this gift, whatever the gift is, it might be a business acumen, administration. In fact, go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, read uh, Romans chapter uh, uh, 9. It talks about all the gifts of the Spirit, the, the administration gifts, the help gift. The, the, some of you, are, you, know, you, you have prophetic insight, all of these gifts. Now, there's nothing wrong with you working a job, nothing wrong with you going to a company, but at, in your heart, and only you can answer this. Listen, I can't answer this, okay? You have to answer this within yourself. Is your gift only to build your kingdom or is it to say, no, God, you gave me this gift. I'm going to build this company. I'm going to build, but Lord, it's up under the kingdom of God. The, the, this is a mindset that everything I do is to build the kingdom of God, is to, whether it's to sow, whether it's to make disciples, whether it's to preach the gospel, whether it's to platform the gospel in, in sports and entertainment and politics and business, it's God, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's what I did. Yeah. 
Uh, I know many of you know me as Pastor Josiah, but I, I, have, I, have, I still run multiple businesses, investments. That's what, that's what I've done before I was a pastor. I got all my licenses and my driver license, investment license, all that stuff, okay? Is, is I've always said, God, my business is your business. My, my, whatever I do, God, it has an influence of building God's kingdom. And every time I did that, God always blessed it. It had the blessing of God over it, the touch of God over it. And so I would prosper in certain areas because my, 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 everything I did was unto the Lord and I wouldn't sell it out for nothing. So again, my, the grace God gave you is, are you using your gift to build God's kingdom? Okay, that is, that is why God gave it to you. And we will answer to God for that, which by the way, and some of you don't know this, okay? I know I'm going a little heavy right here, but like stay it. with Keep me. Going. Some people don't realize this, but when you die, there are two judgments. Now you, got, now you got me talking about judgments. Oh, Jesus, we have a Bible study. Come on, talk about it. You know, you know it's getting heavy when we're talking about judgments. You know what I'm saying? Okay, when you die, write this These down. These are the last This is Bible study. We have a Bible study. That's why I'm having Bible study. We're just talking, all right? There are, two, there are two judgments when you die. There is what's called the great white throne judgment, and there is the Bema seat judgment. The Bema seat judgment, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10, uh, verses 10 through 15. The great white throne judgment is in the book of Revelation. Um, I believe around chapter 11. I, I have to look it up exactly. Okay. But the great white throne judgment, that's, not the, that's the one you don't want to be at. That's the one between heaven and hell. Okay. That's where you stand. That's when if you did not receive Jesus Christ, we are condemned to hell. That is that one. We will not be judged because Christ became our, our punishment. He died on the cross for our sins. By the blood of Jesus, I can enter heaven. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. The second judgment, the Bible says, the Bema seat judgment, B-E-M-A, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, says that everything we did on earth will be put to the fire. That we will stand before God in everything you did in this lifetime, whatever years God gave you on this green earth, will be put to the fire. And God is going to put it to the fire. And he says that whatever I did for myself will burn away. But whatever I did for the glory of God will stay with me for all of eternity. And eternity is a lot longer than whatever years we have on earth. God says that we will put, so that means everything I do when I stand before God, God says it's going to burn away everything I did for my own selfish intention, for my own little kingdom, for my own little glory, for my own little, God says it's going to burn away. But whatever I did for the glory of God, it's going to stay as a reward for me for all of eternity. And you have to live with eternity in your mindset, okay, is that the greatest legacy you can ever make is an eternal one for the glory of God, because I'm going to live there. And, and people don't like to talk about it, but I talk about it. It's, it's, this is end time stuff. And if you don't think we're in the end times, just turn on the news. Come on, somebody, right? It's end time stuff, right? Now, I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but these are all, the Bible says that the earth, I'm talking about end times, okay, the Bible says that the earth will have labor pains, like a woman that has contractions, the earth is going to be having contractions, which is awaiting the birth, the return of Jesus Christ. And if you ain't, if you ain't getting ready right now, I don't know what it's going to take to get you ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, you better be thinking, I know some of you seen people like, no, come yet, Lord, I want to get married. Stop it. Come on, somebody. All right. It, God's going to come back. All right. And when he comes, I don't know, but these are all labor. And you got to start thinking with eternity in mind. 
that whatever I do, I'm doing for the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying that with fear because every time the Bible talks about Jesus returning, he says, encourage each other with these words. It should be an encouragement that, man, Jesus, you're going to come and set everything straight. You're going to come, Father, and and even the score. You're going to come and you're going to reign victorious over every attack, over every devil, over every lie, over every disease, over there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow. And so we need to wait with, with just joyful expectations. But I just felt led to say that is that we got to think how we build because everything we build will be put to the fire. And I want to live for the glory of almighty God. Let me get some amens and someone say for the glory of God. So he says, it was given to me for you. Someone say through me. Okay. Was given to me for you. And I want to make sure that I am administering that. Uh, and actually, I'm going to say one more thing. Some of you are sitting on gifts that you need to be using for God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting on gifts, the parable of the talents. You are burying your gift. And I'll, I'm even going to say it strong. Some of you are, are, are giving your gift to the wrong thing. And there are souls that are waiting on your gift. And I just say, with, with, let me pastor you. God gave you that to bring souls to Christ. Okay? Bring souls to Christ. Please your heavenly father. Be mission-minded in everything you do. Great commission. Say, God, whatever I do is for your glory. And watch how God blesses you. Now, again, I just want to bring balance to it. There's nothing wrong with building a career, a company. Nothing wrong with doing stuff. But what's, what's the end goal? Okay, what's the end goal? It should always be to bring people to know, to know Jesus. Can I get a good amen? All right, number three, verse three. The Bible then says this. He says that, the, he says, if that this, the mystery made known to me by revelation is already written briefly. Here's just what the insight God gave me on this is that, is that he, he said, God gave me a revelation. It, it was not him making stuff up, that he was living by revelation. And so I think it's just important that everything we do, we live out of revelation, that God, you revealed to me the purpose that I have. And I want you to know that everything we do at Freedom House Church is out of revelation, is out of spirit-led. Is God, I want to be spirit-led, I want to be spirit-activated, and so let's live out of revelation, out of God showing us things uh, so that we can do this. Now, he says mystery, right? So just circle that word mystery, and here's just two quick levels of mystery, because he says, this is a mystery. Here's the first mystery Paul was talking about. The first mystery was that God would choose me. That's what he was saying. Like he, later on, he'll say he was the least likely. He was a Hebrew Hebrew. He's like, but God chose me. The first mystery is that God would choose any of us. Okay, let's just say amen. That's a mystery. Like, I don't know why God chose me to do this. I don't know why he chose me to go here, but God chose me. That's a mystery, but to God be the glory. He revealed to me. That's right. He used the weak to lead the strong and we're doing this. The second mystery is that God would choose you. Okay, so he would choose me and he would choose you. And so I... As someone who is operating the power of God, I should not prejudge that God can't use you. So I'm going to preach to you the gospel, even though you're a gen- even though we're Gentiles, we're out, you know, we're saved. That God can use any, any single one of us uh, in Jesus' name. Anything you want to say about that? Well, I just want to speak to whoever's listening to this and is already thinking, "Well, God can't use me." I don't know mm. why I just feel that. Great. You know, um, I, I I feel like we're there's so many Christians coming to church defeated. 
and they're already, they're, they're, before they even hear the message, before they even worship, it's just to get them through the moment, but God wants to get you through your whole life. He wants to get you through to a place of abundance, and he says that I've given you life and given it to, to you to the full with abundance, and if you're listening to this and you're saying, you're discounting yourself and you're saying, well, that's great, but not for me because I already messed up, because I have a record, because I've been in trouble, because this happened to me, or because I've done that in my past or whatnot. I just want to tell you right now that if God yeah. calls you, yep. there should be one answer, and that is yes. Great. Yes, Lord. Here am I. Send me. And listen, so many of us are plagued with guilt, and I've heard recently that guilt is a paralytic. Mm. Guilt will pause and stop the goodness of God that wants to flow out of your life. Great. You will paralyze in the, in the uh, grocery aisle when the Holy Spirit tells you to pray for that person and that person will go home and they won't get prayed for. Mm. You will paralyze when you feel that this person needs prayer or this per you want to lead that person to Christ. You'll paralyze and you'll stop right there, right there at that moment. That person will go home still destined for hell. Come on. Your children will look at you and, and need a word of encouragement, but you'll paralyze yourself because you're saying, well, you know, I'm probably not the best example. I probably shouldn't be saying this. Speak life and walk in that authority that God has forgiven you, that God has called you, that God still wants to use you. And I Come speak on. against that paralytic and I speak against guilt and I speak against shame and saying, Lord, count me among those that are saying, yes, Lord, use me. And I just feel right now that maybe some of you are just feeling a little more free as I'm saying this Great. right now, because the word of God is freedom. The word of God is truth. The word of God is gonna set you high upon a rock. And let me tell you, you're gonna experience the goodness of God just in one moment and say, Yes, Lord, you're going to feel the freedom. You're going to feel the fight in the enemy's face. Come I want on. you to just stand up and look at the enemy in the face and say, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to listen to what God tells me to do. And that's it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. It's as simple as that sometimes, but the devil makes it so complicated. So I just want to speak to whoever is already so saying, true. saying, no, that's yeah, not for me, pe Pastor. Yeah, because people disqualify themselves. Yeah, they're saying, that's not yeah. for me. That's mm -hmm. great. That's yeah. great. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe even you're saying amen right now, but yeah. you're already saying, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The enemy will disqualify you uh -huh. and he always tries to make you think like you don't, you, you're never ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, three things you'll never be ready for. Okay, write these down. Number one, you'll never be ready to get married. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I don't care what you think. You ain't never going to be ready to get married, fellas. You can't do it. Second thing you'll never be ready for. You'll never be ready to have kids. Okay? I don't care. You say, we'll have kids when I, I read this book and when I organize everything. They're going to jack up your house. They're going to come with their own, own instructions. Okay? Jack up and, okay, somebody. and that's just the way it's going to go. Okay? You ain't never ready to have kids. And the third thing you're never, ready, never truly ready for is to do something for God. You will never say, I am so 100%. You are lying out of your teeth. Okay? They have no faith. I ain't never ready. There's always going to be an element of faith that is required to your obedience because God, your obedience requires trust. And without obedience and trust, we can never have a true relationship with God. And so you've got to obey the Lord and say yes to what he wants to do. So someone say, give me a revelation. So, so the enemy will always try to come at you with fear and, and fear will make you back down. But we have to combat that with faith. Yeah. And, you know, the enemy loves to, loves to lie, loves to throw out all these whispers and things like that. But the way I've combat the enemy is I have allowed my faith 
to rise above my fear. I've allowed the word of God to rise above the word of the enemy. And he's always talking. He is mm-hmm. always talking. And let me tell you, you don't have to listen too well to hear the devil. Come on. He's always talking, but let me tell you, that's why you have to listen and focus for the voice of the Lord because it's that quiet spirit, that quiet voice, excuse me. What how does it say? That, that, uh, still small the voice. The still small voice. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you, honey. It's that still small voice that you have to just quiet everything else yeah. say, Holy Spirit, I want to listen to you. And I just feel led again to go on this uh, right now. But Go ahead. Know, sometimes <laughs> there's a lot of loud things going on right now. Hello. The world is really loud right now. The enemy is roaring pretty loud. And when things get loud, you have to get to a place in quiet with the Lord yeah. so that you can hear him and hear what the voice of the Lord is saying. And in Revelation, it says it Come three on. times, chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. It says, let him or she, let he or she who has ears hear what the voice of, of the, the Lord, Lord is, is saying. So I just want to challenge you right now. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? Everything else is coming at me so fast and so loud, but what are you saying? What is my assignment? What are my orders, Lord? What do you want me to yeah. do to fulfill what you want to fulfill in my life? Faith over fear. So good. Still small voice. I just want to say this. God doesn't yell, number one, because he doesn't have to. And second, God doesn't yell because he speaks to whoever's listening intently. So good. And so he doesn't yell. He says, if you want to listen, that's why it says, let him or her have ears. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And so God is going to speak. Still small voice. So you got to quiet out certain things. You got to shut down the news. You got to, you know, don't let fear grip you and don't let, you know, media and, and the story of someone's, you know, no, I'm going to listen to the good news. You know, I'm not going to get my, my life from Facebook. I'm going to get it from God's book, the Bible, you know, I'm going to let God's word, you know, build me up. And uh, if you're going to believe everything you read, read the Bible then. Okay. Let that be something that you fear. Let that the mystery of the goodness of God. So someone say, by revelation, revelation. Lord, give me a revelation in Jesus' name. Now, verse four, I'm going to read through verse 10. Come on. So the Bible says in verse four, in reading this, he says, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as now been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. So Paul here is saying that there is a, a current revelation. Now, I'm not a dispensationalist by definition. If you're like, what is that? Don't worry. But for those that know what I'm talking about, dispensation is just that. But I do believe that we are in a time frame of God's grace right now, that we are living on this side of the cross and God chose us to be alive, um, you know, post Jesus dying, post Jesus resurrecting. And there is a, a great awakening that is happening. And I, and I want to speak to that, that now are the times that generations ached for hundreds of years before us. We are living in the times where the gospel can be reached all throughout the world in a matter of seconds. We're living in a time where there is a worship renaissance taking place, where the world is calling upon the name of God like never before. We're in a time where people are hurting like they never have before because there is, there is an openness to the gospel. We're in a time where God wants to use his church to respond. There is a great awakening that's going to take place. There is a, not just a national, but a global 
global revival that is being prepared. And I'm going to tell you right now, on my life in our church, Freedom House, we're going to be on the cusp of it. We're not going to be, you know, sleeping on it. We're not going to be comfortable during this season. We're not going to be taking a step back. But we don't say, God, there are generations. The prophets spoke of this thousands of years ago that you wanted to bring the church to you. You want to bring humanity to know Christ. And uh, I want to be part of that end time harvest. And I know you do too. That's why you're logged in. That's why you're studying God's word. So this is the time to activate your gifts for the glory of God, to get the mindset like Paul, that I am a prisoner for someone else, that I've been, I've been in my situation to birth something else for the glory of God, that my gift is for you, that I need to activate it for the things that God has. Verse six, he says, this mystery that is through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members of together one body and sharers uh, together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So I talked about that last week, how we come up with the other, the, uh, the, the, blessing of Abraham. Verse number seven, if you could put that for me here. He says, I became a servant, not that, uh, he says, verse seven, and so, he says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And then go on here if you can. He says, although I am less than the least of all these Lord's people, the grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. And last verse, his intent was that now through the church, someone say through the church, now say through me, look to someone and say through you, come on. He says through the church. He says, it was, uh, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and to the authorities, the Bible says, in where? Heavenly realms. Now, let me wrap this up with a with, with the bow tie here, is that the Bible says, Paul says, so he said all that, and he says, now here's God's intent. This is God's intention. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us right now, okay? This is so so pivotal and so current for what we're going through right now. Paul reveals by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit God's intention. God is an intentional God. Everything he does is calculated. It's formulated. When God calls you, it wasn't by accident. He didn't misdial. He didn't, you know, he didn't dial your number and say, oh, you're right. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you. I'm calling somebody else. God has an intention. And his intention, the Bible says, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known. So God says, I want my wisdom to be made known to the world through the church. Now, what, who's the church? We're the church. And great churches are not built on the gifts and talents of few, but the sacrifices of many. All of us, you who are watching this right now, you who call yourself a believer, if the world is going to change, it's going to change through the church. Because God did not anoint the government to heal the world. God anointed the church to heal the world. God did not anoint, you know, somebody else to fix the situations. He anointed the church. He gave us the word, the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave us uh, gifts of the Spirit. He gave us supernatural wisdom. He gave us who he is. And we need to operate, understand. So the Bible says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So I want you to circle the word manifold wisdom of God. Say that word, manifold wisdom of God. Now you need to notice this, that God says the way the world is going to know the wisdom of God is through who? The church, through me, through my life is how the world is going to know who God is. Now, here's, here's, here's just a quick analogy. I, I want uh, One of our friends, when he preached one time at our conferences, he broke this down, but I'm going to do it a little different here. Let's say this is the kingdom, okay? God gives you a piece of the kingdom. He's not going to give all of you, but he's going to give you a piece, okay? The Bible says the manifold wisdom of God. So when you fold this up, God gives you his kingdom inside your heart, but it's, 
it's folded, okay? This is the way God gives you a piece of the kingdom. And many of you, you have the, a piece of the kingdom all folded up inside of you. And the Bible says the world will know the manifold wisdom of God through you. So what we have to do is we got to begin to unfold the kingdom of God inside of us and begin to discover what it is God wants to do. You got to begin to ask God to unfold these times. You got to begin to ask God to, to be able to say, whoa, look at this, God, twofold, threefold, a hundredfold of what you want to do. And you begin to get a revelation of all that God put inside you. But some of us are unwilling to dig and to let things unfold into our lives. So what, what happens? Here's what happens. The devil puts a blindfold on your life. Wow. We get blindfolded so we don't unfold the manifold wisdom of God. Oh we get blindfolded by doubt. We, put it, we get blindfolded by, by pandemics. We get blindfolded by the enemy's plans. We get blindfolded by, by Satan's voice. And it's time to take the, the blindfold off and say, no, no, I want to manifest the manifold wisdom of God in this generation. That this is not a time for us to think that we're losing. No, this is a time that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known to the world and we're going to see the power of God. Come on, can I get an amen in Jesus' name? You want to say something, honey? And I love that once... You open it all up. Look at this. Once this is all opened up, you are a part of the bigger picture of the kingdom. Amen. Your peace is important. So good. Your peace is important. Not just half of it, not just three quarters of it, but all of it fits for God's vision for this earth right now. You're here right now for a reason. There's a reason why you weren't born in 19... Uh, 1900 or 1850 or 1776 <laughs> you're here right now and ask the Lord why you're here yeah and ask the Lord to unfold you in Jesus name because I know that he wants you to fit into the bigger picture of the kingdom yeah. it's a wonderful thing when you're free to be who God created you to be so good Pray so good that. yeah Pray. you know I'm going to say this because the Bible says through the church. Some will say through the church and through me. It's important that I address this because there's a lot of people that say things like this today. They say, I love Jesus, but I don't like church. Okay. And it sounds real holy, you know, you know, I don't like the church. It's unbiblical and it's not like Jesus. Because here's what Jesus says, and quickly, can you put Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 on the screen for me? And if you can put it on the, on the lower thirds, that would be fantastic. Ephesians, same book of the Bible, okay? Ephesians 5, 25. Watch this, this analogy that Jesus does. He says, husbands, love your wives. But look at this analogy, just as Christ loved the what? The church. And what did he do? Himself up for her. So I just want to emphasize the second portion of this. The Bible says that Christ... Who did Christ love? So if you love Jesus, you should love the church. <laughs> what, what did Christ do for the church? Gave his life up for her. So to all the people that try to say, I love Jesus, but I don't love church. That's not Jesus-like because Jesus loves his church. Now, I'm not talking about a physical building for all those that, well, the church is not brick and mortar. I know, the church is the people. So how are you serving people in the church 
how are you building the people, the church, the body of Christ? How are you living for the glory? How are you lending your gift to bring people closer to Jesus? Because Christ loved the church and he gave his life for the church. He sacrificed for the church. He gave for the church. He bled for the church. And I don't know about you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, God, I bled for your church. I prayed for your church. I gave my life for your church. I built your church. We love people back to life. We led them to worship. We led them to Bible study. We led them to revelation. We made God's wisdom known. We unfolded everything that was in my life for your glory on planet earth. Let me minister this because some of you, I already know how, I, my, I think the Holy Spirit just speaks to me, like I feel it. People say, well, you know, the church is not perfect. Let me give you some advice. Never let the imperfection of a church keep you from the perfect plan of God. Because the Bible says Christ loved the church. You know what that means? He loved it with all its drama. He loved it with all its bickering. He loved it with all its imperfection, all of its brokenness, all of its mess-ups. He loved it. And if I'm going to be like Jesus, then I'm going to love his church. I'm going to serve it. I'm going to build it. I'm going to do everything that I can. Why? Because where did God choose to make his manifold wisdom known? Through what? Through the church. Who's the church? Us. What's the title of this message I said? Through me. Through you. Through us. Through me. In Jesus' name, God, build us up. Someone say manifold wisdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, honey, let's pray for somebody. Come on, somebody. Someone shout through me. Father in heaven, I pray right now for all of us, Lord, as we're learning, as we're diving into Bible study, God, help us to become everything that you desire us to be. Father, give me a mindset like Paul the Apostle who realized that he was a prisoner of Christ, not a prisoner of his situation. That every prison has a purpose. Every problem has a purpose. Every, let me put it this way, this pandemic has a purpose for the glory of God. And God, I'm okay that you may place me in situations, but God, never let me lose perspective of what you want to do through my life in this moment. God, that my gift would serve the, the glory of God. My gift would serve other people. That I would activate my faith that I wouldn't just be spirit-filled, but I would be spirit-activated. I would be spirit-moved and manifested for the glory of God. Help us, God, to recognize that we are the church and we are making known the manifold wisdom of God to this world and to the principalities and to the forces of, of evil. That God, as we give, as we love, as we serve, as we preach, as we administer the goodness of God, that people are coming to know the presence and power of Almighty God, the miraculous will of God, the beautiful will of God. Make it known in this season. And God, I pray for anybody who feels that God could not use them, that I pray that they would get uh, uh, past their past, that you would, they would put, give grace to their guilt, you would activate them, they would not disqualify themselves, but become all that you've called them to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody shout, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.